Hi everyone, welcome to the Open College podcast series. My name is Oksana and I'll be the host of this podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you're coming back, well then thanks for listening again and welcome back. On this episode, we have our career development manager, Mary McGlynn, back again talking you through what a good CV and cover letter looks like. I hope this helps those who are currently looking for a new job and that it makes CV and cover letter writing easy for you. Having said that, let's just get into it. Enjoy. Great to be back again uh, doing another important podcast on another really important topic. Uh, So as you know, I am the Careers and Development Manager now for the Open College for the past eight years. And so I sort of teach career guidance. I teach, you know, students how to put together CVs and cover letters. And then another one of my responsibilities is to recruit staff for the Open College, you know, tutors and administration staff. Um, and to create panels for, you know, each of our courses as well. So I have looked at hundreds um, of CVs and cover letters now at this stage. And I would also talk to a lot of employers as well as to what they actually like to see, you know, on CVs and cover letters. Um, Mm -hmm. So a lot of feedback from those as well, which which will be very helpful for today's podcast. Um, So, and, and as well, you know, many people have found themselves out of work, at the minute, you know, because of the COVID situation. So the positive side to that is, I suppose it's the perfect time, you know, if you haven't done it already, you know, to look at your CV, um, you know, you're probably applying for more work or you're, you're looking into maybe changing career or what, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's a good idea to look at your CV and, and, and you know, kind of try and, you know, to update it um, and things like that. So it is a kind of a perfect opportunity now that you have the time to do that. Um, so, Look, can I just start off by saying that most people are not very good at writing CVs and cover letters. Uh, and I'm not saying that in a, in a mean way at all. Uh, it's just that I know in my situation anyway, my own situation, I didn't have any career guidance at school at all. Did you, Oksana? No, no, no. And I did a class. Um, I think it was called LCVP at the time and it was something that you had to do if you had a certain subject combination. So Mm -hmm. in my case at the time, I did two science subjects. So therefore, I had to go off and do this LCVP class. And it was all kind of like computer focused. But look, it wasn't great. It was like your business teacher who, or in our case, it was our business teacher who was put in to do certain like, like CVs and cover letters with us and then like other kind of show you how to use a computer kind of thing. But it was all very, very, very basic. Like, to be honest, it wasn't that great. The CV kind of that she showed us, I don't use to this day. Um, so yeah, no, it wasn't fantastic. I'd say a lot of people are in the same boat. You don't get, you don't get. That's not something you're taught, do you know. So yeah, yeah, and this is it. So like, I don't, I, I don't blame people for sending a CV in that that's not very well structured and everything because they don't know how to put a CV together. I mean, yes, you can go online and you can go on Google or whatever it is, and you can see all these different templates. Um. However, what they do is, you know, you end up just producing a generic CV. And what happens is, yeah, you you might use that to apply for your first job. That's grand. But then as we grow, um, what's very normal now is we change career four or five times in a lifetime, even more than this in some cases, you know. So you're going to you're going to need an updated CV at some point. And it's very important to just tailor your CV 
to the job that you're applying for. You know, you're not going to use the same generic CV as, you know, if you apply for an administration job and now you've decided maybe you want to work in HR. You know, you need a completely different CV uh, for that. You know, although there's skills you can bring with you from administration into, you know, HR, HR has, you know, different skills and things like that. So you're going to change up your CV for it to really stand out to the employer. Um, yes. And, and, you know, a key thing to do there is when you're applying for any job in a CV is research the, empl- the, the employer. Go online, go onto their website, go onto their LinkedIn website, look at keywords that they use um, in their business. Uh, look at the job description, look at the key skills that they're looking for and focus on them in, in your CV, you know, uh, and that's that's the key things to do, because if you're just using the same CV over and over again, the employer just knows to look at it straight away uh, that that no effort has been put in there and it just gets left on the no pile, as I would as I would call it. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I hope. I hope today that I can, you know, throw out a few pointers for people that's just having trouble with CVs and think, my God, putting a CV together is like a huge chore, you know. So I hope I can make it as um, straightforward as possible for for people, and um, and so that's not like a huge chore anymore that they can just go right. I'll do this, this, and this, and it'll be just be very easy for them. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So then will we just get into it and what would you say is something that's essential to have on your CV? Okay, well, look, the, the essential. So will we start off with cover letters, Exana? Sure, if you want to do cover think, letters first, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll start off with cover letters because uh, sometimes I would get a CV without a cover letter. Um, and, and to me, that's just not putting in as much effort you know, and recent research has shown that 57.1% of employers rank a cover letter uh, as an essential part of the application process. So more than half of employers want to see a cover letter. So it is quite important. Why is that now? Because just for, for me anyway, sure, your CV is basically, your CV would have more information than a cover letter would. Yeah. So all, you know, all your most you know, relevant information will be on your CV. But if you write a good cover letter and it really stands out to the employer, they're going to want to look at your CV more. You know, if I see a really good cover letter and they've put a lot of thought and effort into it, that's first of all what I look for. OK, so this this person's taken the time to actually put a bit of effort in, take the time out and write this cover letter. So that's the first point. Then I read the cover letter and, you know, if they include, you know, some of the skills, it's going to get me sort of attracted to it. You know, it's going to make me relate to the person without even knowing them. Okay, so they've done their research. They're aware of some of the skills that we're looking for. You know, they have the experience that we're looking for. It's really going to make me want to read the CV and not just skip through, you know, some of the information. Because, you know, realistically, most employers will spend... I don't know. I'm just thinking of myself. You know, when I when I see a CV, like I I spend about less than a minute going through it. Mm-hmm. You know, before I kind of decide, ah, you know, this isn't great, or you know, it's not it's not what we're looking for, or you know, they didn't put an effort in. So if you put a bit of effort into the 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 cover letter, it's going to really make the employer want to read your CV more, and it's going to make them think that you you want the job more because you've put in more of an effort. Yes. Yeah. So 
what is a cover letter? So look, it's basically, look, it's just an introduction. Um, and of, so you're introducing yourself and how you would fit the job description. You know, it's not a repeat of your CV at all. It's just one page and you're focusing on a few skills and a few points from your experience that you think the employer values the most. So this is again where your research of the employer comes in. You're finding out what they're, they're looking for and you're matching a few skills and a bit of experience with what they're looking for. Um, and again, cover letters should be different for each job that you're applying for. You know, obviously, if the criteria is different. So the employer wants to know how much you match the position. So first things first, as I keep saying, research the employer and the specific role that you're applying for. Find out who will be receiving the cover letter uh, uh, and your, you know, your application. Um, and, you know, it's, it's good to have to name somebody, you know, in the cover letter rather than, you know, dear sir, or madam, because it makes it more uh, personal. Yeah. If, if, you know, if the name isn't there, call the company and find out, look, I'm applying for this role. Who should I address the cover letter to? You know, it's as simple yeah. as that. And then focus then, make a list of the skills and experience mentioned in the job description. This is just a rough have a page, you know, write all the, the, the skills and experience from the job description. Uh, read about the company, read about their culture, you know, read about their ethos and try and kind of relate to it and try and kind of get your personality, you know, in, into the cover letter through reading that. Um, and another good thing is, a lot of when you go on LinkedIn, particularly, and you look up a company, uh, they talk about their their long term aims, their future goals, you know, what 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 they're looking to achieve, you know, and then you can you can take some of that as well and think, right, how can I be a part of that? You know, in the cover letter, you can write, um, I see that one of your future aims is is blah, blah, blah. And I would like to be really involved with that, you know, as I have some um relevant experience I think would help towards reaching your goals and you know things like that and you know you can imagine getting this exam and put yourself in the employer's shoes and if you see this cover letter from somebody you're going to think well geez this is they're, they're really fitting into the company's sort of culture and, and and where we see each other in a few years. Yeah and what would happen then so not everybody has a knack or any kind of skill I suppose for writing these kind of things some people are just at a complete loss um mm -hmm. so i suppose what i'm trying to say is do would it be somewhat of an unfair advantage then because you could have an employee that's i don't know say they're applying for a pro, I don't know, computer programming job and they are literally the best person you could think of for this job but their cv gets overlooked purely because their cover letter isn't written well yes and I, you know i or the cover letter or the or the or whatever kind of CV they put together if you haven't got those skills um, and I you know I'm really I'm really glad you brought that up because a lot of the sort of bigger companies bigger recruiting companies and everything like they get hundreds on average 250 CVs and cover letters per job application now that's yeah. a lot isn't it it is it's quite, yeah definitely yeah. and then you have to shortlist them and yeah you yeah, have to shortlist them and then they have systems to kind of pick out keywords that they're looking for mm -hmm. and CVs and cover letters. So they have different kind of systems that do that and things like that. So if if, if you if, if you're not skilled, you, you definitely are at a disadvantage if you're just 
sending in a CV and hoping for the best, mm-hmm. um, which is why you should really, really put a lot of focus um, on trying to get a CV and cover letter right, um, you know, to, to, you know, to get to get your interview. Um, because if you do put that bit more effort into it uh, and that bit more kind of research in the company and putting your own personality on cover letters and CVs, you know, you're you, you're going to get that interview. You're not going to be left on the no pile. And there's some of the like some of the CVs that I get, Oxana, like I, I know, like I'm looking at their experience. Right. And I'm looking at their qualifications and I'm saying to myself, right, OK, this person, obviously, you know, they are skilled. You know, and there's, I, I can kind of see potential in CVs, so I won't put them on the no pile. I'll say, right, actually, I'm going to give this person a chance. Mm-hmm. And 99.9% of the time, I'll invite them for interview, and they really, really do suit the job. You know, but the yeah. bigger companies will not do this because they just yeah. don't have the time. I was going to say, see, you're nice as well. So <laughs> you'll get someone who isn't as nice and who doesn't have the time to do that, and they're just like, I don't know, they could have a day to look through all these CVs and it's just a quick thing and they're like, right, grand, next. And, you yeah. know, that it is what it is. Yeah. And that's about career guidance, especially at a very young age from school and, and, and making it normal, you know, putting together these things and making it easy, you know, to apply for, for, for jobs and stuff like that should 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 be sort of taught at a very young age from, from school upwards, you know. Yeah. Then there would be no, there'd be no issues like this. You know, it's just because of the, the people have no experience. But hopefully, you know, with some of these tips, you know, and they're straightforward, very, very straightforward tips, you know, about researching the company and putting your own stamp, you know, on on, on cover letters and CVs. Um, and so just look at if we look at the breakdown of of a cover letter. So there's just yes. four parts. OK, four yeah. parts. Four Sounds parts. easy enough. <laughs> to, to a cover letter all right yeah. so in the first paragraph you're stating the job that you're applying for and where you saw it advertised all right so um so what you would say is i'm applying a dear mr smith for example i'm applying for the position of healthcare assistant as advertised on your website dated the 10th of january okay yeah uh, and then you might want to just say i've just completed um, you know, my healthcare support award with, with the Open College, for example, and gained, you know, 250 hours work placement or or whatever, you know, in the area. So, you know, whatever way you want to tailor it to whatever job that you're applying for, you just start off with something basic like that. So okay. that's that's straightforward. Yeah, easy enough. Easy enough. And then the, the second paragraph, then you write about why you're applying for the role so the second paragraph is all about why you know you want the job why you're actually applying for the role um so you talk about you could say something like you know my experience and training have provided me with excellent you know knowledge of healthcare practices uh you know patient care you know staff development and other relevant skills and you know that 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 would suit this job and you're now looking to use this knowledge and you know to work in a in a well kind of established organization like yourselves you know and things like that so you're kind of you're going into more detail as to why you're um, applying for the role and 
And it all has to be positive. You can't ever say anything like, I don't get on with my manager, so I'm moving on. <laughs> that kind of no, thing. geez, no, you never mention that. Never, ever talk badly about your manager. Because, look, I think that, you know, most people don't know is that a lot of managers know one another. Yeah. In the area. So, like, they could be friends in real life. So, you know, you could be just you know the, you could be found out straight away it's not a very it's not a very nice thing to do anyway um uh so you know you, you just you don't want to talk badly about your previous employer at all yeah okay? don't be shooting yourself in the foot prematurely well exactly exactly um, and then the third paragraph then is you draw attention then so this is the, draw attention to your skills uh, from the job description sort of any achievements that that you have uh, and, you know, maybe talk about the main reasons you want to, you know, work for the company. Um, And this is where your research of the company comes in handy. You know, you're going the extra mile here. Um, So you talk about, you know, your maybe your strong teamwork skills, your strong organisational skills um, and, you know, take the skills from the job description that you're applying for. So look at the job description. If they're looking for strong team or skills, add that. You know, if they're looking for strong IT skills, add that. Don't have to go into a lot of detail about it, but, but make sure it's in the paragraph somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if 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 they're looking for, you know, if you're if you're applying for a healthcare uh, job, obviously they're going to be looking for. Um, you know, compassion and, you know, empathy and stuff like that. So you would mention that in this paragraph as well. So do you see where I'm going there? Yes. Yeah, the third definitely. paragraph is all about focusing on the skills that you have that would be very relevant to the job that you're applying for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the fourth paragraph, then, as you just conclude by thanking the reader, you know, to take the time, you know, to read your cover letter and you look forward um, to hearing from them in due course you know so that's a lovely way of ending it so you know example there is so please find enclosed my cv uh, for your review i welcome the opportunity to meet and discuss with you you know personally how my skills and strengths can best serve you know your care home for example thanks for taking the time to yeah. read the cover letter and i look forward to hearing from you in due course so that that's a nice way of ending that you're not putting any kind of pressure there you know on on the employer just by saying i really want this job like i really hope that i get an interview i really hope that doesn't sound good in the cover letter a nice way to end it is i look forward to hearing from you in due course yeah you know here's sincerely your name and and maybe your contact number then at the bottom so you see it's just four paragraphs and just keep it make sure to just keep it to one page okay never go over two pages and for your cv then it's two pages you know cover letter one page cv two pages at the most um because uh you know the, the, the employers they don't they just don't have enough time to be reading and reading and reading like loads and loads of pages they don't just don't have time so what they want to see is just the the, the main information and bullet points and and and, and things and, and and just not to not to be sort of overwriting your cover letter and cv and um, always save as a pdf so that any when you send it any computer can kind of view it 
uh, keep it at proofread as well. Oksana is very, very important. Um, go over what you've written. Make sure that there's no spelling or grammar mistakes. And what I always do is, like, I know from experience that I would go over things and there's still, you know, spelling and grammar mistakes that I don't notice. So I would get somebody else to read over it. Um, and then maybe they would spot one or two things that they feel, you know, might sound better, you know, change this, you know, add this. Maybe there's a spelling mistake there. So get somebody else to, to proofread it. Um, and yeah, just, you know, just find out, just personalize it as much you can, as much you can, you know, find out specific names and who to address it to, you know, and things like that. And when you're reading the CV, or not, sorry, the cover letter, has it ever happened, you now for me anyway, I'd be afraid that I sound like I'm boasting. Um, how do you kind of avoid it from sounding like that? Or how do you, do you well, know, like not to be a show off, but then I suppose isn't your cover letter supposed to be that, that you are showing off what you can do and who you are? Yeah. And um, look, I get this from a lot of people. And the thing to remember here is to value yourself and your abilities. You know, you've put so much work and effort into your courses into your previous experience so you need to value those and value yourself and not think you're boasting because you're actually talking about what you can do and what yeah. you're good at so to me when I'm reading a when I'm reading a cover letter and CV and you know they're they're talking very positively about themselves I think that's a great thing because obviously they, they value what they're good at and it's just as simple as that you're not boasting and you have know, you found that women are more likely to be afraid that they're boasting in their or about themselves rather than men? Is that like a psychological thing? I wonder that men be more forthcoming about their abilities. Um. Well, again, look. So there's a yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm kind of gonna go go into a bit of psychology here, but in you know, in your brain, men and women have like two different brains. Basically, men think was more the left hand side you know of the brain and that's thinking sort of more logically so I'm just gonna sit I'm gonna write it I'm gonna write what I'm good at and that's it yeah women think with both sides of the brain left and right so it's logical but it's emotional as well mm-hmm. so we write sit down okay we're gonna write it oh god but what if I sound like this that starts to come in yeah and, oh you know but if I write this maybe they'll think that of me and all of this so you're kind of thinking emotionally about it as well so that's probably why, um, th- th- you know, what you're saying, Oksana, that's probably why women would actually question themselves more um, about these types of things. And if they're sounding a bit boastful or, you know, they don't want to lose their own of themselves and, you know, for the, the employer to think that, oh, they're better than everything else or whatever. So that's that's where your emotions come in. So so that's that's so that's why. But. But, you know, realistically speaking, when, you know, I get a CV and, you know, it's all very positive and, you know, when, when I get the person into the interview, um, you know, they're generally OK, you know, talking about themselves and they're well prepared and everything. If they have thoughts like this, they don't make it, They you know, they, they don't tell me, basically, you know, but they may have thoughts like that at home. I don't know. But um. It's not very obvious, you know, when I'm conducting interviews or anything like that. But it's a good thing, you know, it's a good thing to probably know about the female and the male brain, isn't it? It's just something I've come across before now. <laughs> I don't know, maybe in the office, if you heard me, I, I, I'm i a big fan of TikTok now since lockdown. 
<laughs> so it's one of the things I've come across. There's this man who puts up like um like CV stuff and then there's this other one that I follow who puts up like Excel tips and all this kind of things. And one of the this is one of the things that he said. So I just thought that's kind of interesting to note that women would be more kind of like reserved about themselves and their abilities um versus a man and I was just thinking that I just thought that was interesting that's all yeah yeah and it's because we we think with our we're logical but then our emotions come in as well a lot to mm. it so that's why that's why we do um question things and feel kind of more things and and and, and all that and you know kind of question ourselves and doubt ourselves and things like that you know um yeah so it okay. is yeah it's very interesting actually okay uh, so we have the four sections of the cover letter covered um you have said that you have mentioned the importance of sending in your cover letter as a PDF rather than anything else. Um, so is there anything else kind of on cover letters that we need to mention or cover before we move on to these? Um, no. Um, so I mentioned, you know, saving as a PDF and um, to proofread. Did you hear? Yep. Yeah, you mentioned proofreading. Mentioned proofreading and everything. No, no, not really. So look, we'll move on to, to CVs now. So if you are you know job hunting at the moment and if you master your cv you, you know you're you definitely will get that interview um and you know your cv won't be left on the no pile as i, as I keep calling it um so look at some facts first of all about cv so as i said before employers only look at cvs no longer than a minute you know when they get them and i i know that because from, from my research with employers myself and from myself looking at CVs because you get so many of them. So you just want to get through them. You want you, you want to look at them as well as you can, but you've a lot to get through. So you want to get through them as quickly as you can as well. So look, we're not going to be looking at them very, very long. So you want to make them really stand out um, when, you, when you're putting them together. And then a high percentage of employers will, will see you on social media as well guys yes. um so one. you know if, if 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 you're putting a really good impressive cv together and you know you're putting across this impression of being very responsible you know multi-skilled and all the rest of it but then if they go on if they go on social media and see sort of a few reckless photographs or whatever it is and you know um a few posts that's not very um professional <laughs> professional yes that's the word well then you know for, from my experience from the research with employers they're just not going to invite you to interview you know oh, absolutely the first thing that goes off is why would we want this person representing our company and our our brand or whatever it is yeah yeah that's it that's it so so, so guys look at your social media accounts look at that photograph that you have up look at some of the comments and and, and stuff like that and just really and Maybe just, you know, put your put your profile on private uh, so that, you know, nobody can really see um, other than your friends or whatever. But out, outside people can't really come in and see everything on your profile and just have a sensible, you know, have a sensible photograph as your profile picture. Um, and then and I said, like, on average, 250 CVs are received per job. And especially these are in the, you know, the bigger recruitment companies and even more than that now. Um, 76% of CVs are ignored if your email is unprofessional. 
So that's something you don't really think about, is it? No, but wouldn't you not be really embarrassed if, <laughs> well, I would be really embarrassed if your email is the first one you set up when you were 15 and it's yeah. like, yeah, well, we all know those emails from when you were 15, <laughs> the hotmail.com ones, do you know? Yeah, that was the first one I think that was out, I think, back then for me anyway, that was the most popular. But anyway, yeah, professionally, professional email address. Yeah. Oh, professionally, like I, I've seen some really weird and, and, and funny email addresses, you know, and you just look at it and go, oh, well, now, come on, you know, you, obviously you're not putting, you're not thinking, you know, you're really not thinking and you're, you're just, you're just putting this uh, email on without putting a lot of thought into it, like, and, and, and everything. So you just think straight away, no, straight away. Um, and then very low percentage of CVs pass the basic quality test and you know the basic quality test as being um you know having the right headings uh having no you know spelling and grammar mistakes so that's basically it just having your right headings and you know your your spelling and and, and grammar mistakes as well just making sure everything is just right and then the quality test as well you know going over two pages if you go over more than two pages, we just don't have time to be reading the, the, the CVs. You know, you, you can, doesn't matter how long you've worked, how many different jobs you've worked in, you can fit, fit it into two pages. And I'll talk about that later. Um, and then, you know, some facts as well, you know, so we, we spoke about emails. Uh, what about your voicemail? Have you ever thought of that? It's, so if employers call your number, so say, you know, you have a good CV and they're very impressed and they go to call you for an interview and you, you're unreachable and it goes through the voicemail and you get some silly, some silly voicemail, you know, that's not very professional. I guarantee the employer won't be ringing back and they won't be leaving the voicemail, you know. And again, I've heard some very strange and weird and funny voicemail. I think it's funny. But again, you know, it's, I'm not going to be ringing the, you know, inviting the person for interview. And then, you know, other companies won't either, you know. So that's that's another thing you probably won't think about that you'd need to have a look at. And then a key fact as well, and I mentioned it before, that HR systems now scan CVs for keywords, key skills and the key qualifications. If they're, you know, for the job, if they're not on your CV, they won't look at your CV at all and it'll be just passed on. So Mary, sorry, hang on. When you say HR systems, it's actually like a computer program, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was specifically like what you do. Uh, someone in recruitment, you know, they sit there and they go through everything. I didn't know it was a program. Okay. Every yeah, day yeah. is a school day. Yeah, yeah. They have certain programs that do this. Um, and again, it's because they're so limited for time. Oh, makes hundreds sense. and yeah. hundreds and hundreds of CV per application, you know, to sit there and go through each of them would 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 take years, you know, yeah. uh, they kind of had to come up with these. So that's so that's another reason to research the company, use the keywords that they're looking, you know, key sort of um, skills that they're looking for, uh, key qualifications that they're looking for and so on and put them in your CV. You know, it's all about putting that bit of effort in beforehand. And then, you know, some of the reasons why CVs are rejected, you know, I keep saying, you know, a bad first impression, you know, too long, too short. I've had some CVs as well, Oksana, that is just maybe just one page, maybe a half a page. You, you know. see, that's the other thing I wanted to ask, because I, I, I have heard different um, opinions on this. Some people say one page is plenty. Other people say two pages. 
And then, like you said, over two pages is way too much. Um, so what's actually like the standard, I suppose? Because to me, one page is way too short. Yeah. Two pages, I think, is just enough. Yeah, one page to me, you 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 just you're not going to be able to get all the information in there that you need to put in no, there. You wouldn't. It'd be too cramped. It would be too cramped. It wouldn't just look professional. It would look unstructured. It just it just it just wouldn't be right. Two pages is ideal. You know, try and stick to the two pages, and that's you know that's what you're looking. For. And just don't go over the two pages. You know, if you go over the two pages, it's just too much work for the employer to read all that. Yeah, it's too much work for you to be doing as well. Let's oh, face yeah. it. And that's I mean I'm just after looking at uh, a CV this morning, and you know for one of the one of the um, jobs that the person had done for the duties of of that job, it was taken up almost a whole a full page. Yeah, no, I've seen mm-hmm. some CVs. Yeah, there's just there's some that are completely all over the place. Others, like you said, they don't go for what you're actually hiring for. Some are very good, but like too detailed, if that makes sense. It's like yeah. leave something for the interview. <laughs> yeah. So look, it's not easy for the person looking at these CVs. It's not an easy job to go through loads and loads of CVs, you know, yeah. to pick out the right person. So think about that when you're applying for the job. How are you going to make this as easy as possible now for the person reading it? so that you stand out and you get called for interview. You know, always try to put yourself in the employer's point of view, not just, OK, I'm going to put this CV together because I'm applying for a job. Look at it from the employer's point of view. Like, you know, think about it, right, this is my business. What kind of employer am I looking for? You know, what, what, sorry, what kind of employee am I looking for? Like, what, what kind of skills do I want to see in the CV? And sort of switch it over and look at it from the employer's point of view and that'll really help with putting your CV together do you know what I mean and you know CVs are rejected because um you know poor spelling and you know bad grammar that's not you know attention to detail is quite important for every job that you're going to be going for now so that's shown that you don't have that um especially if you put one of your key skills as vigilance and then your actual CV is just a mess yes exactly exactly it's just you know, it's very unprofessional and it's just not nice to, to look at at all. So you're just definitely going to be put on the no pile. Um, so look at again, um, I'm going to talk about the sections of the, of, 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 of the CV. Um, so there's just four main sections, again, like your cover letter, um, four sections on your cover letter. There's going to be four main sections on your CV as well. So the first section at the top of the page, um, now a lot of people write their curriculum vitae at the top, right? Don't do that. There's no need to do that. And that's just taking up a lot of space as well. So just delete curriculum vitae and just put your name at the top and smaller writing. You don't have it, this huge heading of curriculum vitae. It, it, there's, just, there's no need for that anymore, guys, because we know what it is. I was um, going to say, you'd be pointing out the obvious there. Yeah. <laughs> So you just put just put your name at the top and smaller smaller right not as big like so name um and then your contact details obviously your you know your address your mobile phone number and your email address and then if you have a LinkedIn account it is really good to put the link on there from your LinkedIn account and that'll that that shows professionalism as well. We really should all have a LinkedIn account, guys. Um, you know, it 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 is it's it's like a 
sort of an online CV, you know, so it's really good to have on an actual CV for them to go on there and have a look at your, you know, your LinkedIn account as well. And they'll, they'll be able to see more details about you there. So have your LinkedIn account very professional and your photograph professionally done as well for that. The other thing, actually, I see because I have, I mean, obviously I have LinkedIn, but some of the photos you see of people is like a cropped picture from them on a night out. And I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't really put that there, would you? It, and no. Joy, you're saying professional. It doesn't have to be like that a photographer takes it and you have to yeah. go in. It's just it's just a good photo, maybe with like a plain backdrop. Exactly. Like you don't have to go out and spend loads of money on a professional photographer or whatever. Uh, yeah, just a nice, profe- you know, a dress, put a nice top on, a professional, you know, top. Is, try and be as professional as you can with your clothes. Um, and uh, yeah, just a, a plain backdrop, nothing nothing behind, just plain. And, you know, maybe just a slight smile, just, just to look, um, I suppose, approachable as well. Yeah, uh, and things like that, and just to have a nice, a nice photograph like that on on your LinkedIn account would, would very help. That would help a lot because, you know, when when you go to look at people's profiles on LinkedIn, and you don't see a photograph, you know, and people make a lot of mistakes. Not the, the few profiles that don't have a photograph, like you know, and you're gonna read if you see a photograph, you're gonna read uh, the profile more than if if there's no photograph, you know. So definitely, you would, yeah try and get the right one there um and then the section two then is your personal profile all right so all this is is just about four or five sentences that really makes you stand out for the job um you don't look at personal profile is a funny one you don't really have to do a personal statement okay uh but the advantage is that it will you know it will help the employer um or a busy recruiter kind of sort through uh, all of their applications and it, it kind of tells them who you are and what your strengths are and you know your career goals all in a few sentences you know it, it's, it's particularly helpful if applying for a job in a competitive sector you know like HR or, or PR or something like that as mm-hmm. recruiters will you know they'll pick the CVs with the most competitive edge I know myself when I when I get a CV and there's no personal statement, it just goes straight into um, experience. It just mm-hmm. doesn't have the same feel, personal feel to me. Yeah, you know, I know so it's, all, it's always nice to have. So with 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 your personal statement, um, there's just three parts to that as well, how to structure it. So the first part is a sentence on who you are. Okay, so you could say something like, you know, uh, a highly skilled HR worker with over 10 years experience in the business. So yeah, a, so like a really brief synopsis of what your current job is. Yeah, and then the second part of that would be what you can offer. Uh, so something like, you know, developed an excellent eye for detail and ability to work under pressure. Um, just something like that. Do you know what I mean? So you're, you're zoning in on, you know, what, what, what you can offer the company. And then the third part then would be just something slightly about your career goals. Um, so, so, you know, something like looking to secure a challenging role uh, in the HR business um, working for a well-established HR organisation. OK, sounds easy enough. Yeah. So if you structured with those three main points, that's how easy it is to write, you know, your personal profile, because I know a lot of people freak out about the that as well don't they 
They do. I think it goes back to the whole thing of like, how do I make myself stand out? Yeah. Because realistically, people with a lot of the same qualities and a lot of the same qualifications are going to be applying. So how is it that you make yourself stand out? Like that's yeah. kind of the hard bit, especially okay. if like, you know, specifically straight out of college or something or you don't have that much experience. It's it's a bit daunting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. But um, yeah. So if, if you stick to those very simple points, you know, it'll be no, it'll be no problem. And it's all about practicing as well. Like the first one that you write isn't going to be perfect. It's all about chopping and changing as well to whatever job that you're applying for. You know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then section three is all about your work experience. All right. So employers want to see your employment history. Uh, and it's important to include any paid, uh, voluntary, any work experience, charity work that you've done, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all the same whether you're getting paid or not paid for it. You're doing the same thing. You're learning new skills. You're performing, um, you know, roles, duties, responsibilities. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you're getting paid or not for the for the work. So it's all very relevant. And um, so look. Make a list of the dates. So you're starting from your most recent job backwards because mm-hmm. the employer wants to see your most recent skills. Um, so start with your most recent job and work your way backwards. OK, so make a list of the dates that you started and the date you finished, um, the job title, the name and address of the employer and the main duties that you had uh, while working there. Now your duties have about four or five bullet points here. Don't go over that. Don't have a huge list of duties again, because again, it's just we don't have we don't have enough time to be reading them. So just list the main ones that that, that are important for the job that you're applying for. And uh, even if you can sort of blend a few of the duties into one sentence, into one bullet point you know, is very helpful as well. So it's just not to go overboard with the duties because it's, it's, we just don't have the time and then you're going to run out of space anyway. And then when it comes to the work experience itself, so obviously some people might have had one job before, others might have had 12 jobs before. Um, For the people that, for example, had the 12 jobs, you couldn't, or is it advised not to put them all onto the CV. Um, I remember I was told when I just going back to school is to put in like your three latest at max. So you're you're putting in yeah. So you're putting in what I like to see is uh, um most re- sort of most relevant um experience. If you've got a huge list of jobs, if you've had more than ten jobs, you're, you you know you're not going to have the space to put that all in. So if you're applying for a HR job, for example, you're going to be putting in the jobs that you've worked at before that's most relevant to that role. So if you've worked in administration, any 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 job at all, obviously your most recent job that you've done and then any job before that that would kind of fit the role that you're applying for, that you can bring those transferable skills. OK, and then on a separate then heading, if you've got a lot of jobs, you can just write other, you know, other employment other work experience um, it's, and, and then you can list the rest of your jobs there but what, what I don't like seeing is a huge list of jobs and then trying to figure out right which which ones is most relevant now to the job that you're applying for and it's up to me then to find it you know to find the jobs exactly what I like yeah so what I like to see is most relevant work experience 
talk about those and then have a separate headings, you know, other work experience and then, you know, list your other jobs. Then you don't have to go into much detail about the bullet point your other jobs. And then we'll have the opportunity to talk about that at interview, you know? Yeah, exactly. We'll go further into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. No, it's all fairly straightforward. Once it's spelled out for you, it's all very straightforward. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But sometimes sometimes you just need somebody to spell it out to you. Like some, sometimes you just need to hear, you know, in your head the right thing to do, but you just need to hear it from somebody, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. Especially if you're not in that area and you're like, well, I think I should do this and I've read that I should do this. But you, I don't know, like for me, it could be anything like you're searching online and you're like, yeah, well, anybody can put anything online and you need to hear from someone who actually does the thing that you're asking about. Yeah. And yeah. this is no different. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's just good to it's just good to reiterate things and, you know, just confirm things, I suppose. Um, and then section four, then, is your training and your qualifications. Don't have two separate headings for training. And, and another, you know, another heading for qualifications, it's all, you know, training uh, and qualifications all in the one, the one, the next section. All right. So, again, yeah. like your work experience, start from your most recent uh, qualification and work your way backwards. Um, make a note of the date you started and the date you finished, the course title, uh, the name and address of the college and um, some of the modules and the results now, it only put modules and results in the courses that's relevant to the job that you're applying for. So if you're applying for, you know, a childcare role and your most recent qualification is in, you know, early childcare, you know, the major award, you're going to try and list the modules that you've completed and maybe the results that you got for that. And then for the rest of your qualifications before that, just bullet point them and have you know your start finish date course title at uh, the college and you don't have to go into all the modules and the results for those ones just the ones that's relevant for the job that you're applying for yeah. so do you see where i'm going with that because again you're going to run out of space mm -hmm. yeah no, no definitely especially nowadays you get so much training and you can do so many qualifications that yeah you'd nearly yeah you wouldn't need to do all that and then is it this is um would the same be relevant then um, Virgil, with work experience, we were saying only put in what's relevant to the job that you're applying for. Would you do the same for qualifications? Only put in the qualifications and training you have that's relevant to the job you're applying for or just list everything? I think I would list everything there. Okay. Yeah, yeah the qualifications, I would just list everything because um, with the qualifications, you can just, you know, bullet point and you're not going to need as much space for that. You know what I mean? Exactly. For the yeah. jobs, you have to go into duties, you have to go into your role and stuff. For the for the qualifications, you could just list them, and you don't have to list them all the modules and go into as much detail. So you will have more space for your qualifications. So I'd like to kind of see all all qualifications, and I'd like explain. You know, you you'll see all and explain some of the gaps then. So if you look at the employment and you go right, there was a gap there. All oh, right, I can see they were doing a qualification during those years. You know, they were doing some kind of a course. So it'll explain then. It won't make it as complicating. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. And another question I have, I suppose, is do employers really do look favorably on somebody who worked and studied at the same time? I'm sure there's a few employers out there that, you know, uh, multitasking and being able to handle, you know, to work under pressure and stuff is very, very important. 
you know, um, to them and seeing somebody, OK, so this person has done, you know, their, their course, their, their work placement for that. And they've been working at the same time. So that's, you know, showing them that they can, you know, handle, you know, a lot of work and, and work under pressure. But certainly somebody that's just doing the course on 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 its own and doing work placement, certainly that comes with its own pressures and a lot of work and juggling time. So I certainly wouldn't I wouldn't put somebody's CV, you know, in front of the other just because they've worked as well. So that. So that's the four main sections of your CV there. Um, and as you see, again, it's very, very straightforward. There's no need to to overload the, the CV with, with, with lots and lots of information. It's just bullet points and main information that's needed. All right. And matching your CV to the job description and uh, the organization that you're working for as much as you can so that the employer can relate to you. Um, so that's the four main sections. So one other section, if you've got um, space, it's just your reference section, okay? Now, I have spoken to a lot of employers on this uh, and, you know, they say, look, it's perfectly fine, you know, to write references on request. Um, and again, this safe space, like you don't have to put names and addresses. And, you know, with, with the bigger recruitment companies, a lot of people's personal details are on there. And, you know, for security and, you know, confidentiality reasons, it's better just to put, you know, uh, references on request. But just make sure that you prepare your references. Uh, so don't don't just be putting that on the CV uh, and not having your references prepared. So you put that on your CV references on request. You let the, your references know, at least the, the two references uh, know that, look, you've applied for this job and you might be getting a call uh, from the employer about me. So make sure that you go over, you know, how long you've known the person you know, that they can talk about what kind of worker you were, um, you know, your key skills, you know, were you trustworthy? Did you show up on time? What was your time management skills? Stuff like that. Uh, did you work well with other people? Uh, these are the kind of things that I'd be asking now when I'd be calling uh, references. Um, and uh, accomplishments, you know, things that you did best at your job. And then the last one is, you know, any areas for improvement. So agree with your reference, what you're going to talk about there. So um, start off by saying something like um, agreeing with your reference to say something like, um, well, you know, she was very shy and quiet at the start. Uh, but after, you know, working in the, the business for a long time, she kind of came more out of herself and she was very confident then, you know, there was no problem. So try and make areas to improve on uh, as positive as possible. Always end up on a positive. So that's why so it's 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 essential to contact your referee agree on these points um because there's some references i've had experiences of calling references and then not even oh i wasn't expecting this call oh yeah that would look bad you know and uh then not really uh well i knew, i just knew the person for about two months right okay. and stuff like that uh, and then you you know you talk about their accomplishments you know what were they good at uh, well, they were, you, you know, and they would, you would just know that they weren't prepared for it at all. So that's just not going to look good. And I've had 
you know, there's been a few occasions that the ref the, the references I've called have meant a no in, in their application altogether. So your references are oh my goodness it's essential that you contact them beforehand and just let them know what you're doing and that you're talking through all of these points and you agree what they're going to say it could be just a matter of uh you know your reference could it could be you influence you know you getting the job or not so as you know it's very important so now look at i just want to talk about two different categories um so the the, the first category um is when you're out of work for a long, long time due to different things, you know, um, you might have been sick, you know, you might have been out for, you know, the, the, the COVID situation. So you're going to be off work for quite some time, maybe some of you um, and, and, and things like that. So these are the kind of sort of, you know, long gaps in your CV and you're very, very worried about that. So mm -hmm. look at the key thing I can say there is, uh, you know, not to worry. Um, it's all about sort of what well obviously you know if you're if you're off sick for a while that's not your fault so the employer really should understand that and it's the mm -hmm. same with the COVID situation you know you couldn't help that you know you were let go from your job but it's what yeah. you do in the in, in them when you are off that's going to really impress an employer so try try to be as proactive as possible Um, you know and uh, a really good way to do that is just to complete a few short courses you know um go online see if there's any courses that you can do online yeah, and yeah definitely that, you know that it's, it's, it's really good for your mental health as well um because you're doing something it's giving you something to do when you're off uh you know you're going to be in much more and uh, you're, you're going to be better better off mentally if you're if, if you're completing the course which will set you up really well if you're applying for for jobs as well you know um yeah. you know and voluntary experience as well you know, to, 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 to get involved with that. Obviously, you know, we're in a pandemic at the minute, but, you know, it won't last forever. So it's about, you know, inquiring about voluntary work if you can't get work to be just be doing something in the meantime. And if you can put these things in your CV while you're off, like the employer will look at it and go, ah, well, at least they've been proactive and they're doing something. And, you know, it's all about that and kind of impressing the employer that way. And... Mm -hmm. Then, you know, the other category as well is uh, like all those mommies coming back to work after, you know, raising a family, you know, being off on maternity leave. You know, I do get a lot of um, parents, mommies and daddies, you know, for different, you know, off, you know, looking after families. And, you know, they're very worried about coming back. Oh, my goodness, like I've been off work for so long. And, you know, they're going to think I've, geez, I'm not good. at. I haven't been practicing it. So, you know, I'm not going to be good at this anymore. You know, and that's not the case as well, because uh, the employers are probably most of them parents themselves. So they're going to understand where you're coming from. So, look, that's that's all I have for you today. I, you know, I hope that you can take away some main points there. And that was Mary on the do's and don'ts of CVs and cover letters. As always, I hope this was informative and that you took something away from it. Until next time, goodbye for now.